today we are riding solo. It's just uh, me and you today, Anthony. Yep. Um, but it's exciting. It gives us an opportunity to kind of uh, go back and forth between me and you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's been a while since, even though we've been uh, kind of posting, it's been a while since me and yourself actually kind of recorded a uh, a podcast. So um, I know since kind of last time we spoke, uh, you kind of transitioned to a new church and kind of been more implemented to it. So I kind of wanted to um, ask you because I know your wife recently posted about it. Um, seems recently you guys, I mean, I'm not sure how it works, but you guys preach for a little bit, then have a panel for questions and discussions or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, the, including today, um, the last two sermons have been a bit of a panel speaking about current events and the worldview that is trying to be portrayed on us and how us as a church should be handling it um and pretty much is titled sound doctrine so it's pretty much speaking to us of you know what's going on around in the world and whether or not how we we should align to it kind of what we're doing yeah exactly how do you like because from my understanding you guys don't do a full preaching these these sundays or do you guys do a full preaching yeah so i wouldn't call it a full preaching but you know he goes over and speaks about the subject you know sound doctrine what it is for a few minutes, maybe 20 to 30, no, yeah, like 20, 25 minutes, and then they have a table set up, they call three other pastor leaders, and then they just go over some themes or questions of that. Do you kind of, do you kind of, like, is it weird to you for, like, to not have an actual, like, formal preaching since, like, you kind of grew up in, like, in that kind of, like, structure, like, worship, reading, Bible, and preaching type of thing? I mean, I would say... Or do you kind of like this new thing? Yeah, I mean, maybe a few years ago it would have been weird, but, you know, a few years now I've started this journey on trying to figure out, how do I put it, like what church really is, you know? Yeah. Is it just this religious thing? We go into a building, do some some, some rituals, some yeah, things, and habits, then yeah. walk back out, so... It's really, you know, it's really connecting with me because I'm actually seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Like, I'm seeing what I've okay. been wanting to, what I've been chasing. Yeah. Now being actually seen. and, and Okay. So, do, do you, I mean, it's, I'd say I never had that experience. So, like, it, for me, it would be kind of like a, I would say, quote, unquote, cultural shock. Like, is yeah, like yeah. church uh, tradition-wise? So, I think that's kind of like... It would be interesting because that would be something out like the preachers I follow anyways mm -hmm. on a more yeah. personal level yeah. are more um, kind of a USA teaching kind mm -hmm. of uh, style of a preaching yeah. where it's very like um, methodical, it's kind of just like passive, mm -hmm. not like that, that dynamic, you know, like um, evangelist, uh, evangelical preacher. Yeah. So um, for me, would I feel like I would it would be comfortable for me. But I just find that kind of interesting that they're willing to kind of break out of a like typical service yeah, structure. Yeah. No, and they've done it before. Now that I remember, like for Father's Day, they had like three fathers and their kids come up and they sat on chairs and they would ask them. About. So they've done it like two other times. But now, you know, because of, of the subject, it's making it more more meaningful, I guess, yeah, or yeah. more impactful. Yes. So, and, and they're doing it more consistently. Yeah, so. yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's just 
they don't do it every Sunday, but it's good to see this, especially if we look at the scripture. You know, we we imagine Jesus preaching to thousands of people, and we think, you know, he wasn't. It was there wasn't a pulpit or a mics yeah, or exactly. anything that he was, and everybody's sitting down, and he's, it, you know, it was more casual. He was sitting on the side of a mountain. Everybody was sitting. It, it wasn't this. Yeah. I think um, is actually I was part of a focus group for um, for something that uh, they're trying to build a course for uh, Hispanic leaders. Okay. Um, and one of the the preachers, or he was a he's a pastor of a church. He said some off the radar stuff, but one of the things yeah. he did say, which I thought was interesting, two of the Sundays he doesn't preach, okay. but he has conversation from the altar with his members. Okay. That's which cool. I was like, ooh, like it sounds cool, but at the same time I'm like. I would like to see how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could that yeah. could that could go. We, the reason I said because mm, he said some other stuff, I was like, well, that's definitely not uh, right. But yeah, other than other than that, I thought it was pretty interesting that the idea was, itself, the idea itself, like yeah. to take it out of like the other uh, him himself, but the idea to be willing to engage the members, and it's not a one side. Yeah, just outwards. talking down everybody. Uh, yeah, one side one outwards. Yeah. Um, I think that was interesting. I just wonder. How do you, how do you retain like keep control of like direction conversation? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cause I, I mean, it. someone could ask something le- left field, and what do you do then? So yeah, I think it's good, but at the same time, how do you how does that allow visitors that are not part of that kind of engage on that? That's why I like how they did it at my church because the first last week they did the panel just based on the subject and the hottest topic right now, which is, you know, trans rights and all this. So mm-hmm. that was ma- mainly the, fo- the focus of that panel. Yeah. And they did announce that they gave a phone number where you can text text questions to. Yeah. So then this week, it was more based around, the panel was based more around the questions that were texting. So the good thing about that is, you know, it avoided what you just mentioned. What if somebody just... Throws a question. Throws a question, nothing. and they're not prepared for. So it still had that, you know, that dynamics. Of that it. dynamic of involving other people, but yeah. it was more secluded. To you know, we get the questions, and then we can form our arguments or the form the conversation Around to what that. we already got. So it gives them, you know, a buffer of a week to and and organize. to filter out questions that are like just inappropriate or or not or, or redundant, or, yeah, redundant or not appropriate to answer at that moment. Exactly, like in front of a whole church type of exactly. A, a so the main thing is that it prepped them so that they can be yes. prepared rather now, than just. Does your church so like a lot of like altar calls really big in the in the typical Hispanic church? Mm-hmm. Is like, do they do that, or is that something that? Yes, yeah, every week, yeah. Okay. Every 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 service, there's an altar call. Okay. Um. But do you they know. work the same way? Where like pastor, the preacher prays for everyone, or is it kind of like a no? So how team type of thing? Yeah, exactly. So how it works is, um, usually whoever's preaching, you know, asks everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes, and then he'll ask, you know, the typical, do you want to, you know. Fix your relationship with Christ, yada yada. Raise your hand. And, you know, obviously, most people they have people close their eyes, so you know, yeah, so nobody feels weird like yeah, anybody's yeah. looking at them. Yeah. And then they, that's after that, they invite whoever rose their hand and speak to come up to the altar. Um, but yeah, they do have a prayer team of you know. But also, yours, your church is so much bigger, so to have one person kind of 
it's such a big church if a lot of people come, but that yeah, would take, yeah. that would, on time-wise. So, yeah, there's a prayer team that already is up there as people are walking up, so they, okay. you know, they it's not like one person there for three hours preaching, praying over every single person. So. Exactly. Do you feel, because um, one of the driving forces on it, uh, again, typical, we went to typical Hispanic yeah, churches, yeah, uh-huh. is the driving force of the Holy Spirit being uh, of, of power. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the movements that they they hold on to like the power of the holy spirit is to drive do you still feel that on a more because i'm assuming they're more on a on the passive side of that or they are they adamant of that as well no so which actually impressed me because you know coming up in a pentecostal church typical spanish pentecostal you know there's the stigma of mega churches or big churches being like kind of general and yeah like they're not really spirit driven they're more like oh whatever the whatever brings in more people whatever's popular program driven exactly so which is a big reason of why it just confirmed that this is where i should be because although it is a big church it still gave me those small church kind of vibe feeling and vibes so and the interesting thing is that the first few weeks that we started going to the church was, I guess, they were speaking about Holy Spirit and stuff. So oh, it okay. was like perfect timing because, okay. you know, coming in, you're like, all right, let's see what this is about. Let's yeah. see if they, you know, if Do they, they have s- any power. Or exactly. They, or, or is, is they it being firm? Yeah. They, yes. Or is it just, you know, hype driven yeah, or yeah. whatever? So, the, yeah, the first few weeks was Holy Spirit, tongues. You know, okay, they, so they, they so spoke they, about yeah. So they they are in agreement of tongues. Yeah, exactly. So that's what surprised me because you know the growing up stigma of a big church was you know they don't really let yeah. the Holy Spirit. They're very passive. They but, don't they don't speak about hell. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's the church itself or the actual you know uh, council of churches of of assemblies of God. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So the church itself, yeah, is very you know they promote. Speaking in tongues and the, power the, the, the typical power yeah, of the Holy exactly, Spirit manifestation exactly. and exactly. caring for yeah. those things. Correct. Okay, cool. So, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, uh, because like you said, there is a stigma of when you look at not just um, big churches, but churches that um, don't proclaim being Pentecostal as adamant. Exactly. That um, one of the things that um, you hear a lot is that we're not just Christians, but someone Pentecostal. Like we're yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we we hold that as a prideful thing, so and you in a, in a, and it could be in a negative way where we hold it so strongly that it ends up being where like we look down on other churches that don't uh-huh. hold to those values as strongly. So it's yeah. cool to see that you have that help, that balance of like where they care for the Holy Spirit, but at the same time they understand that there's a more of a spectrum when it comes to what a church is supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And n- not to go too deep in, into the whole Pentecostal thing is that. You know, we grow up, we're Pentecostal, this and that. But if you really think about it, what what does that term actually mean? Pentecost is pent from meaning five. So Pentecost was 50 days after the Passover harvest. 50 mm-hmm. days after was the Pentecost celebration. So it's a celebration. Yeah. So it's like a holiday. And actually, it's pretty funny because... People talk about Pentecost. It was. It's actually just. A, it had nothing. It really doesn't have to do anything with like Holy Spirit fire. Exactly. It really had to do with just celebrating the Passover. Exactly. So it's fifty days after that. Yeah. 
and it just so happens that because that was a popular uh, uh, Jewish tradition, festi- tradition and festival. festival, that's when all all the Jews from all the other surrounding countries would come to Jerusalem. So obviously, God in His infinite wisdom, He knew that. So that's when He decided to send the Holy Spirit down because yeah, there would be most people to to actually hear and yeah, see. Most people think they offend, like they Pentecost as the New Testament thing, but exactly. it's been a practice that's been <laughs> exactly. sent to the Old Testament. So it's so the reason I say that is because. It's a it's a festival. It's a holiday. Yeah. Do we go around saying, "Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Christmas," or <laughs> "I'm Fourth of July"? No. It is kind of like exactly. that. Exactly. It, it is kind of like you identify you're you're putting your identity in a tradition or holiday exactly. or a party. Pretty, a, pretty much, it was a party initially. Exactly. Like you're celebrating God's works, and this is what you're. This is what we're called to do. Exactly. To when be reminded of these. When things. somebody asks you, "Oh, what religion are you?" I'm Christmas. No, it's. That's just a celebration of a thing. Yes. We're Christians. We follow Christ. Yes. So it's that's that's what it was. So it's like we're called to celebrate, not to 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 be stuck on and and even if we think about it, there that's the second feast. There's three feasts. Yes. So there's a feast after the Pentecost feast. So I mean and there's and there's many other I mean, you got year of Jubilee, you got exactly. all these other things that so like So it's like so are we going to split up on um, um, your yeah. jubileeist or like? Yeah, so I, I think it's, I mean, I get their concept where like the launching point of the new movement was the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. as in that was our like launching point. Um, but though it was it was a magnificent movement of power, that's not the only thing that drove the church. Exactly. And sometimes we focus too much at that driving force mm-hmm. of like, we spoke in tongues. We under, other people understood us. We had this massive gain of, of people coming into the gospel, mm-hmm. but there was so much more work about community building, engaging. Like one of the first things that they did was they assigned food distributions for widows and orphans. Exactly, that was correct. like the very next thing that they did exactly mm-hmm. to build that community of the new church. So like, it's more than just the Holy Spirit side, which is cool that your church is showing that mm-hmm. Holy Spirit side, but also the community-based thing. Exactly. Um, so that's cool. Talking about uh, culture, though, uh, kind of one of the things that I wanted to bring up as we record this podcast, I just saw Mrs. Marvel. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Uh, so yet, no. it's uh, it's the you know the latest uh, Marvel TV show. Yeah, isn't she like she's part Middle of the, Eastern or something like that? She's Indian Pakistanian. Okay, so, okay. Um, kind of. Sorry, all these Marvel fans, if I if I get this wrong, but she's gonna be part of the like Marvels. Her uh, Captain Marvel from the movies. The main timeline movies. Yeah, Captain Marvel from the movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then um, I forgot her name. Something Rambo. The you seen uh you seen WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh the um, the one that went through the force field. Okay, yeah. Monica Rambo, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Monica, Monica Rambo. They're gonna be part of the Marvels. The uh, okay, coming out. Okay. Either way. Show's okay, by the way. I mean I didn't it was okay. So one of the things that was interesting, um, they spoke about what's called the Great Partition, which is actually a historical event in part okay. of like India. Uh-huh. Um, and it talks about like um, what was going on in India during this time, blah blah blah. Obviously, they mix it into some superhero like thing that had nothing. Uh-huh. To do, but okay, yeah. Either way, they brought some real like what they done with like World War One. With I mean, yeah, World they tried to involve some realism to realism to make yeah. it believable type. Um, and. One of the things that I, what I thought was like, I had no clue that this happened. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I don't. And, and I, was, I, 
I, I consider myself a little bit of a history buff, but I've never heard of it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, I'm sure it probably is called something different. Mm-hmm. Um, they called it a great partition. Maybe it's not really called the great partition because I, okay, I okay. looked it up and a great partition is also a book. Okay. But either way, in, in, in that time, it was an actual an event that happened. Whatever they uh-huh. and their actual event is. And I was just thinking, like, I am so pretty. I'm pretty uncultured. I never, you left the country multiple times. <laughs> yeah. I've never left the country. Like, okay. I've only known my history through, like, books or, or, or biographies uh-huh. or just, like, word of mouth of what people's experience are. Yeah. So I was just thinking, like, sh- so I, I guess I'll bounce this off to how cultured should we be as in cultured as in i mean how much should we know about world history beyond just american history like do you think that is important so especially that you traveled do you think that allows us to truly have a perspective or is it even our duty to know these things i would say yes i mean at the end of the day god created the world so why wouldn't we care for know or you know about the world history yeah like He's our father. He created it. Why wouldn't we know at least some of it? Not only that, um, as you said, I've traveled. So it gives you a, a different perspective, not only in terms of like, you know, we're considered a first world country and, you know, yeah. you know, the memes. Uh, oh, that's a first, first world, world problem. problem yes. Yeah. So it gives us a, not only a perspective of of that social economical point of view, but also what led up to them being how they are, whether it be religion or ethics or any of those things. Yeah. It gives us insight into how they became that way or what led them to be like that. Um, so I would say yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of learning as much as you can. So obviously I would always, I always love learning, but also it gives us, you know, we're called to preach to the nations, so we should be involved in learning about the nations, not only in that front, but also it, it gives us empathy to, to, to fulfill that purpose that Christ called us to, because then, you know, we see that, for example, let's say Muslim people. Yeah. The Muslim religion and the government are intertwined. It's almost, you know, it's... Yeah. You can bear. You can. I. I doubt that you can split it up and say this is the religion. This is the government. It's yes. all one thing. Like, yes. It's a. It's a money like system. Like, exactly. It's. It's one movement. Exactly. Yeah. Just. Just like the Jewish religion and government was pretty much one thing. Yes. Or like right now we're at China businesses. Like if you own a ma- major business exactly. in China, you work with the government. Exactly. You're not. Two they're not separate, separate entities. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever the government decides, you're. You're in tied or. Exactly. Vice versa. So that gives us insight into. Yeah, they're unbelievers, so we got to preach to them. But also gives us insight into it's not it's not that they just fell into this religion on accident or that yeah. you know they were born into a family that was in this. So there there's no other alternative. Okay, it's yeah, like I get what you're saying. I'm part of this religion, but it's also my government. So yeah, what am and, I supposed? And you know? there's no there's no like for example here where you're pre- well. Not lately, but you're presented to like multiple forms of thoughts. Exactly. We're like you're this. This is your right form of thought, and everything else is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think it's interesting. I, I even though I haven't traveled, I think it's 
one, kind of our duty to travel as we're kind of meant to expand the kingdom. But also I think it's one of the the blessings God's given us. Where like we are meant to experience these other things. I this is again, this is coming from someone that hasn't traveled. Mm-hmm. But I think it allows you from the traveling. I've done a lot of traveling in state. So I've done like I, we've been to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I've been in California. I've been in New York. I'm not Carolina, things like that. I think it allows you to nature truly speaks about God. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or and I think like seeing mountains for the first time in Colorado really like sh- like when David speaks about. Exactly. I uh-huh. look up to the mountains. Like, yeah. You truly see like. The, the magnitude of what that exactly. means. Outside of culture, just the physical yeah, creation the, of God. The yeah. magnitude of it. And I think being able to, I mean, even I just, in that in-state traveling has been able to, for me to like gain different perspectives, mm-hmm. like understanding like, wow, like having faith to move a, mo- move a mountain, like mm-hmm. that statement, it has much more, more weight. More meaning, yeah. When you see like a size of a mountain, you're like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's crazy. Like, so I think, um, I'm excited because uh, uh, my wife and I are, are looking to kind of start traveling, like I've been telling okay. you, outside yeah. the country. Outside the country, mm-hmm. where I'm sure like you get to really like see the Bible in a different perspective. Yeah, when you see different cultures or different ways of lifestyle, or different, even different terrain, just like kind of seeing yeah. mm-hmm. these type of things. Yeah, it's like when I went to Rome. You know, we read about this stuff in, in the Bible. They were killing Christians and Colosseums and throwing them to the to the lions and all this. But when you actually go into the Colosseum and you see how massive it is and and the 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 main stadium section, you yeah. see the tunnels underneath where you could just imagine how full and crazy that must they be. they had st- stuffed. Christians in there yeah. waiting, bringing them out one at a time for these lions and tigers and stuff to destroy them. And you just see all the seating areas where thousands and thousands of pagan people were just watching. And it just, it gives you a tangible, like, lesson. Lesson of, like, you know, just the Bible and yeah, that you actually see what these people are going through. And yeah, yeah. You and just it, imagine it. Yeah. I think it, um, it also allows you to uh, take away from bias, cultural mm-hmm. bias as well. Like, obviously, growing up in America, like, you're like, oh. Since, I mean, again, we're uh, I'm kind of bringing it up. But either way, um, we grew up in a, a, a culture where it's okay to be Christian. It's kind of one of the main uh, staples of our of our culture, like, and of a lessening. It, quote, unquote, founded the nation. Founded so the like, nation, quote, unquote, where, yeah. like, sometimes where we look at other nations, like, how dare they like not accept the Lord? Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Where, like you said, like you grow up in a culture that doesn't even probably even know who Jesus is or mm-hmm. what the Bible even is, or exactly. never even heard of that. To kind of like step back and see that it allows you to, to kind of like take in, like, okay, mm-hmm. we're privileged to be able to be here. Exactly. And also, I mean, I'm sure on the food side of things also shows you like how people work for their food and the dependency and all these things, I'm sure that allows you to have also different perspectives. Exactly. Like, you know, even before traveling, I, I, I loved watching food channels and, and shows. Yeah. So, and obviously being Hispanic and going to my parents country and seeing, you know, how these people make meals out of just simple things they find. And yeah, and you can see the ingenuity in just something simple like, oh, we have 
three plantains. We're gonna peel them, mash them, make a a mango or make a, a yeah whatever meal. And it's like again, it just puts you back in the Bible and like you just imagine when they were in 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 the desert and the mana would come down. It's like yeah. You know, they just did what they could with what they yeah. had. They and didn't have the luxuries. The, and also the dependency of like when you have more dependency, the desire of, of of believing in a God. Exactly. Which which leads to I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say that the reason we don't see miracles and stuff in the US as much as we used to is because, you know, we have a dependency on technology and and robust food we don't you know we yeah. don't have to work for our worry, food we just worry for our next exactly meal, yeah but these countries that barely have anything a hospital's three hours away it's like yeah. if you're sick you're exactly you, you're you, you need faith you, <laughs> exactly like, you need intervention you need from the, god exactly yeah. so where we could go right here to like to dollar store get some medicine and things like that. exactly yeah. exactly so that just gives you that perspective as well as like these people don't have anything so they re- they have to rely more on god than than we do because we have it all to, would you say it's a a more of a plus to do or more of a duty to travel to truly see God's creation? I love traveling, so I would say it's a duty. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't. It's it's there's so many positives to it. I don't see why. I would I would I see I you know I I would, I would say, say in a perfect world, it would be a natural kind of progression of, of life exactly mm-hmm. where like you it would be a thing where you're not so focused on your status here where like all your money all of a sudden mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. meant you're being pushed to travel experience mm-hmm. other things and it would be more of a natural type of thing where again the burden of, of american lifestyle caused a lot of people just to never travel due to just cost of yeah. cost of living no and that's the thing i've i was listening to another podcast recently about a guy who who's gone around the world pretty much on a bicycle. Oh, wow. And what's crazy is that most of these stories that you hear, people that travel with like nothing, just a backpack or stuff, to to listen to their perspective of how they've changed and not only that, how they prep for these trips is like they work, they work for a year or so or a few months just to save up money, just to go on this trip, to come yeah. back and work and again. Work, yeah, they were like seasonal jobs. Exactly. Yeah. And what what we can learn from that is that you know, the Bible teaches us that we ser- we shouldn't search for material things. material things to search for God, and He will give us stuff. Which is just even if even if even if these people aren't doing it to preach or anything, we can still learn that they're only working to get enough to do to, to what live, they feel their calling is to go out and travel yeah, and experience exactly they're experience the create the creation of or even if they don't believe it's from god to experience earth exactly and, the world. and it's not it's like they're not working just to get a bigger savings account a nicer car or a nicer house they're just saving to get enough so that they can go travel and experience the world experience life just to go next year and do it all over again it's like yeah so it's i'm excited um i want to kind of more invest on that uh my nerve, as we know, my my nerve, as you know, my nerves is is more the food selection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be interesting when I do travel outside the country to see where there'll be chicken tenders and fries. But hopefully by then, uh, I'll expand to one more thing. Outside so so all, this is what you have to do. Fries are carbs, right? Yeah. So then, just put in your mind that any other carbs that any of these countries eat, 
just look at them as carbs. So <laughs> carbs are carbs, right? So there just think of it as French fries, and then then I survive. I'll any survive. protein, just think of it as tenders. Protein tenders are just protein, right? Yes. So just look at so it. <laughs> going back to Marvel, um, as we know, um, with culture kind of progress, uh, like quote unquote progressing, they've kind of like moved into including different for um, like like having homosexuality couples, kind of expanding into what America's kind of moving towards, like this gender fluidity and all these things. They include like women leads. A lot of the shows now have women leads and things. Stating that we believe that they're wrong on a general consensus, should we even engage in these type of shows or shun them as, as because they're implementing these things? And if, if that's the case, how far do we... How far does that extend? Is it just for one sin of homosexuality or do we include like if it has any type of sin, should we shun that show? That's a tough question because. Because then we wouldn't watch any show. Yeah, we wouldn't do anything, right? We wouldn't yeah. go out to the store because there's sinners there. We wouldn't go. Exactly. Know. So it's it's kind of one of those. How do we draw the line and who draws the line? Yeah, yeah. I would just say. Um, first of all, how much of your time? Is that taking up? But that's a whole different conversation. But I've heard, this may sound weird, but I've heard better preachings or preachers that got more out of a movie they saw and they used it to promote Jesus than whatever bestseller Christian author book yeah. sold. So... It's not it's not that whether or not you should or you shouldn't is if you are doing it, what what how can you use that to so expand this, the kingdom, you know? This is where like I get more conflict personally is when I look at the story of Job, mm -hmm. like the first thing they speak about, he shunned evil. Mm -hmm. Like he feared God and shunned evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Job had some like that's someone you should look up to as a as where like God looked at him so highly mm -hmm. in a positive yeah. note. Like, should we be as adamant of that? Like, should we be? And what does that, what, I mean, obviously he had a different culture surroundings. What does shunned evil mean in today's time then? Like, if, if we're going to try to implement and kind of live this high standard where Job had and all these other biblical characters, what does shunning evil mean then? If we're able to, to kind of like discretionary choose what we go watch and not watch, what does shunning evil mean then? I mean, I would say it's, first of all, I see shunning evil as not doing evil. Okay. I don't think watching a show is doing anything evil. And also, what is the show you're watching? If it's a show about, like... It's Marvel, which... which yeah, is, I mean... Or it's, a Marvel show, yeah. There is those things in it, but it's not about that thing, you know? Or Buzz Lightyear, which recently just came out and had exactly that it has that in it, but it's not about that. You know, it's not like a it's not a movie about being whatever gender or about I mean, being. But do you think going to the movies is uh, how much is how 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 connected do we have to be to be accomplished or to uh, to be an approval of sin? We're saying if I'm going to watch the show. I'm approving that this is okay as a lifestyle. Like how, like where is that line where like 
like for example, if we go to since uh, the issue with Marvel, a lot of uh, the issue, the highest issue is is the gender situation. Going to a show, is it the same thing as going to a wedding, uh, a same sex a, a wedding? That's your friend. That's someone that you grew up with. Like, it's one of those things where like, when you, it's hard because if you make it too discretionary, then there's no line. Mm-hmm. But if you put the line, then. It's like when do you jump over? When do you jump over it? Then at that point, you could say we just have to be like an Amish society where we just live a separate from completely from society. So it's one of those things where like recently, as as the lines are being blurred between what's being what's being presented on our everyday life between our TV shows, our workplaces, which has about a diversity and all these, you know, every company that's not Christian based has all these diversity inclusions. Are we being accomplices and working these places? Are we being accomplices going to the movies and you know going to opening nights or at what point are we being accomplices of sin or approval or provers of sin? I mean, I would just go straight to the gospels. Jesus was accused of this too, right? Oh, why are you spending your time with sinners and prostitutes and stuff? So he was spending his time with them, but just because you spend your time with this type of person that doesn't mean you're promoting it yeah but it's i mean watching a tv show and spending time to create a change is different what do you mean like jesus though he was spending time with them to create relationship and create intimacy to be able to eventually win their heart over to um to um to him is different from just watching a show that doesn't affect and doesn't give you opportunity to spread the gospel or bring a positive influence to others you're just watching a show to entertainment so if anything, the it's an influence towards you. You're not an influence towards that. Yeah, but it can have a a, a double edge effect. For example, no, no. What, what I'm saying is like the example you brought up of that. Like I think those are two separate things. Where like I'm watching a TV show, or I'm watching, you know, I'm going to these these companies that have all these things is different from creating relationships of people that are lost. Yeah, but this, my point is that it it can have an effect in terms okay so let's say i abstain from watching all these shows and i become a hermit and i just you know only watch everything veggie. is evil i can't only watching veggie tales exactly everything is evil i can't watch anything how are you going to relate to the people that love watching these things and it's part of their normal conversation are let's say you have a friend that watches the marvel shows that's one less conversation you can have with them to introduce to and introduce Christ to them that you're so you're pretty much closing the doors to to more things that you can use as conversation to I mean I look at it this is where I look at also like for example on a lot of topics one of the people say like uh, like for example the pro-choice or pro-life situation mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about it's my body men can't you know make a decision on that mm-hmm. or even on a culture situation where like um, if I'm not a certain race, I won't really understand their perspective or something like that. Or I think we're just, uh, you know, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to give us words to what to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big proponent, even though you don't experience those things, the Spirit could give you the right words to be able to still interact and capture that person that you have no connection with. And, you know, let's say that example where I don't watch Marvel, you watch Marvel, and that's an avenue I can get to you. I think the Holy Spirit, even though you don't have those, like, direct connections... Jesus said himself that the Holy Spirit, when we speak, is going to give us the right words to speak to the people. 
And I think that would allow us, even though we're not connected in us in, in certain spaces that could give us, you know, more common ground to be able to capture people. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the Holy Spirit would come in and allow us to be able to, even though we don't have the cover, it could overcome those non-common grounds. I don't know, because, yeah, the Holy Spirit gives us what to speak, but we have to have, we, you know, <laughs> yeah, there has to be some form of, of, of human. So let me go. Let's go with this then. You know. Bad Bunny came this Friday, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people that go into go to church that went to the Bad Bunny concert. Mm-hmm. Is that I mean, if we're gonna say shows are okay, like is it okay to go then to the Bad Bunny concert? No, no, because. My point, my original point was that, you know, the show is not about, okay, let's use gay marriage, for example. If the show is about gay marriage, promoting that, huh. that's different than a show and it's just so happens to have something, uh, uh, a scene of gay marriage, you know? Okay. What, what is the, what is the underlying thing mm-hmm. about it? Like if it was, if I was going to a concert and. Bad Bunny, let's go with that one. No, no. If I was going, let's say to an a, orchestra, like just like yeah, a, and he just so happens to come out and he has a, a little snippet on it. It's like I came for the orchestra, and he just so happens to be there. So it's not, it's not the underlying thing of it. It just, it was part of it, you know. Okay, I mean it's it's hard because like as a church we live, we can't obviously say we don't live in a world that is. Like it's we buy stuff at Walmart that has you know positions that we don't agree with. I mean it's it would be practically it's it's hard Nay, impossible, yeah. Because it I see the point of like for example Amish separating themselves or even like for example Jehovah's Witnesses they don't vote. Like I speaking that we're not part of this government that we have a a godly government. I see their positions on that. Like it has. Some sort of validity. Yeah, but we're we're still called to to render onto Caesar with Caesar. So yeah, yeah. So it's like it's one of those things where like it's hard to not say there's a line because it's discretionary and let the spirit guide you. But that could also open up to be like, well, the spirit guided me, and then you could just. The point is that at the end of the day, those those who have isolated themselves from community, a la Pharisees and stuff, also couldn't connect to the people yeah jesus involved himself with the community I mean, he went to a wedding he, he did exactly he, he involved himself with the outcast with the prostitutes with these people and look what he was able to accomplish even though it made to people peering from the outside it looked oh look he's hanging so much time with these prostitutes and sinners and, yeah I but mean, it was able remember the point of jesus is we couldn't as humans we couldn't be like him we messed up yeah. So he made himself like us. Yeah. So he came down to the only reason Jesus works as a concept, as a as a thing, is because he made himself like us. We can't we can't believe on God the way we're called to if he didn't make himself like us and relate to us, right? If if God if Jesus Christ, the interesting thing is that I was hearing preaching on the way here about this the reason if if god if jesus was 100 percent god he would be worthy of my worship but i couldn't relate to him if he was 100 percent man he wouldn't be worthy of my worship 
but I could relate to him. So he had to be just enough God that we can worship him, but just enough man that we can relate to him. Just enough God, just enough man to cry when Lazarus died, but just enough God to call him out of the, out of the tomb. And and so it's a balance. Like, yeah, we can't only just watch shows and do all this because then we're going to start leaning towards that. Okay. So gender validity is okay. It's about a balance. Like, yeah, we watch shows here and there, but also we have to, you know, we have to stay on the word to remind us, yes, this yes, is th- sin and sin. Because yeah. it's a pendulum because, like you said, if we go too righteous, we become like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm, exactly. And if we become too liberal, we become like the people like the people of Israel that just went to any God because exactly. they, they, they liked the, what they said. So it's like that balance of, like, we had to be righteous and stand strong on our values, but we also had to be flexible and be willing to... Well, initially, we weren't supposed to do that. It's just they, the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Israelites did stuff wrong. But we're also be supposed to be of the people. Like, we're not above exactly. of the people. We're exactly. of the people. But my, it's also, I mean, it's like, when it comes to show selection, like, in Ephesians, I just pulled it up. In Ephesians 5, it talks about, like, you know, watch, like, what, you know, jokes we say, abstain from, like, foolish talks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, talk about Miss Marvel and think about that, like, also, like, like comedy, like mm-hmm. stand-up comedy, which mm-hmm. is, like, it has, you know, inappropriate mm-hmm. you know, language and stuff like yeah. that. Like, as adults, we become more, we become more, um, I would say, numb to those like type of language, like cursing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think, be, because it's like, okay, so let's go Miss Marvel and let's say Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Where Dave Chappelle's, even though like, his language and like, obviously you're going to, you're going to hear these things. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a difference? Like you said, the fundamental thing, do you think that's different? No, I mean, that's the problem with entertainment, right? It's it's for entertainment, right? So it's like, it's already starting off bad in a sense because it's not really, it's underlying goal is not for it to teach us anything or, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have Christian entertainment. Yeah, but that's the point. You, you, like the Bible says, many things will come. You just have to pick and choose the good things out of it, right? Like when the when the sower said wanted to go destroy the whole field because there was weeds growing amongst the thing. Yeah. He said, no, just leave it. Let it grow together. Because trying to pick through and destroy the bad stuff, you're going to take some of the good stuff. And it's not that we should blend, you know, truth is truth and truth is absolute, but it just goes back to the same thing. We can't be these ultra holy people because then we just won't have any community so do, I mean, so then again i i mean i'm with you but it's like it's it's my only worry is that it could pull like you could easily justify so many other things when you and, use that mindset and that's why you know you have to have discernment and re- evaluate yourself right because if i'm not at the level where i just watch it for entertainment purposes and i move on if that starts affecting how I talk, how that that's you know that's what you brought up about abstaining from these. You're you're not abstaining from these things because for no other reason but to maintain your the righteousness that Jesus gave us, right? Because yeah. we don't want it to to affect ourselves, and then we start falling into these things. So I say it's you know 
is based on our maturity level, our understanding of, and like I said before, it's it gives us an avenue to, for example, I, we watched um, we've watched several things with um, my wife's little cousin that lives with us. We watched we watched movies and shows with him, and every time there's a double entendre or a dirty joke or they show some homosexual thing or some or gender fluid thing. Or exactly anything. Excessive violence. Exactly. Or, yeah, anything. Yeah. We take the time, we pause it and and we ask him, Did you understand what that was? Okay. Um, do you see, you know, the Bible says marriage is between a man and a woman, you see that? This is wrong. So like I said, it's not about the show itself, it's about the underlying theme of it so and what you can take out because you know the bible says everything is available to me but not everything is convenient but with those inconvenient things what because we can do the same thing with anything in our life oh i i I, some some guy hit me in the street am i gonna cuss at him and yell at him or i can use this to to help not only myself to see that through this craziness i can remain calm i can remain so, but I can also use this to to show the other guy that I'm remaining calm. It's not an issue. And, you know, that can open the door to other things. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Um, and it's it's touchy because also um, in Romans it speaks about, you know, don't eat certain things around some people that's going to cause them to, you know, exactly. to do things. So... Which comes you, to maturity. Comes to maturity. But do you think... As we gain more influence or positional or higher position, or, or gain influence, not just within your church, but also within the church community or just within your outreach as social media grows, mm-hmm. do you think you should be more selective of those things? And also what happens is like, for example, I know church leaders, I know people that like are in front of people, they don't listen to any of that stuff around them mm-hmm. but when they get to the house. Yeah. They're jamming out to all these other things that, like, in front of you and everything they do. So, do you think that makes you hypocritical, or do you think that's necessary to to keep the people that are not mature enough to understand to do that? Do you think yeah, that, that I mean, goes into the Romans thing, or do you think? Yeah, that's, it, it definitely goes into the Romans thing, and I'm also I'll pull it up while you do that. Just uh, yeah. yeah, and also the other part where it says, "Wait, no, is that the one you say?" Either way, yes, I agree with. Obviously, there's stuff you shouldn't do, but, you know, the Bible teaches that that as God blesses us, as God promotes us, it just tightens up how, you know, how we should act. Because, obviously, a pastor has more responsibility than just you're a regular member, right? Like, yeah, there's a higher standard because you have a higher calling. There's The Bible specifically says there's higher callings, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we're all Christians. We're all sons of God, children of God. But depending on how much responsibility or stature the Lord allows you to have, the more, you know, speaking of Marvel, the the, the well-known Spider-Man line is with great, responsi- uh, with great power comes great responsibility. So, the more influence, the more position we have the more responsibility we have to make sure we're we're staying aligned with 
with the things we do and what we don't do. I mean, the Bible itself says it that, you know, the pastors will give account for their sheep, right? Yeah, where it says teachers exactly. in, in James, it speaks mm-hmm. about teachers have a higher level of exactly. of what they say yeah. because of that. So do you think it's okay to kind of have that two level of like in front of people, I'm not going to do certain things and speak a certain way, but around, you know, in, with your family or kind of like in your private life, you're a little bit more what you would say, quote unquote, not keeping that holy picture. I mean, or should I, you just be consistent? Like, if you're gonna say like we have more responsibility, you just have to. If you're gonna abstain it in front of other people, you should abstain it across the board. You can go both ways with it, because um, obviously the way you said it is kind of you know triggery, like yeah, yeah, more holy, but as in like no, no, I know what you yeah. mean, but for we see with Jesus. It says, he said, to the people I speak in parables um, and something along those lines. But the point is that to the regular folk, he spoke in, in parables. Mm-hmm. To the 12, he spoke, um, I forget the term. And then, but there was three of them that he took up to, to, to the Mount of Olives mm-hmm. to, when he was yeah, gonna transfiguration yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. So it shows how, depending on who was around him, he changed his his methods and changed how open he was with what he said and what he did. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. You know, in public, we we obviously have to be more careful how we speak, what we do, because we have people watching us, and and even if even if what you're doing is not wrong, but to perception is reality exactly so such such and such guy may see it and be like oh and then start spreading rumors and it wasn't even that but because of what he saw he ran with it and thought that so obviously bottom line is sin is sin but when it comes to the non-sin things yeah i agree like Somewhere, and public is different than somewhere in Proverbs 31. I'm going to read it real quick. It says in verse, starting verse four, I'm reading inter, new international version. It says it is not for Kings. I'm well, it is not for Kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what they decree and deprive all other, um, and deprive all the press of their rights. Let beer for, um, let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. So I think, like you said, as you move up, you do have to abstain. So is the Bible telling us we can drink? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Different topic on a day. <laughs> Different day. I mean, it is, it, 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 that verse is pretty interesting because, I mean, does it, because it, when it comes to the drinking side, but on in a more... L- there is levels into exactly mm-hmm. where you're at, not just spiritually, but where you're at um, in society. Exactly. It didn't say proverbs and non-believe um, 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 people that are perishing and non-believers. It exactly. just said people that are perishing. Exactly. I think also s- status in society and the power that your the your status you carries exactly yeah, yeah. changes what you abstain from what you because people like you said people care less mm-hmm. and and the weight of your words carry less. Exactly. And it's, and it's not that you're more spiritual. 
It's, it's just, just position the position God carry, has placed you. Yeah. That God has placed you carries. And I think that's kind of the understanding of it is that like maybe as a pastor, I mean, we, we don't have the true answer, but maybe as a pastor, you shouldn't watch Marvel shows mm-hmm. because uh, or maybe you shouldn't do certain things. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a father or if you have influence or if you're a social media influencer, whatever it may be that mm-hmm. you're carrying mm-hmm. higher because kings, we don't have that position. But, you know, they have different positions that carry influence. Mm-hmm. But as you don't have such influence you have more flexibility in in what God sees you to abstain from. Exactly. Because in reality, it's the, it's, it's how we work as a government. President, we expect a, a president. That's the issue with a lot of people have with Trump. Mm-hmm. Was the way he carried himself. Yeah, because he was straight up. He didn't, straight up he didn't and, hide behind us. And what he said and the way he acted and, mm-hmm. and the way what it caused... The weight. One of the things they said is the way you're, you're wearing at your position. You're the strongest person in the, in the world. You know mm-hmm. that you need to carry yourself a certain way. I think it's it's a reality. Or even workplaces. A CEO, if he says something that's out of line in in a political correctness uh, a type of view, they get fired or things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Versus the cleaner that cleans the says the same thing. Says the same like thing. Whatever. They're like yeah. no one even blinks an eye. So mm-hmm. I think. It's like you said, it's that discretionary understanding of where you are and being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And now do you think in a more global setting, do you think the church should be more just it's on you or should strive to have a more standard of living? One. Like we were saying, I started going to a new church. And I loved how they, how they phrased it and how they put it is, um, cause you know, growing up Pentecostal Spanish church is like, oh, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed yes. to do this, 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 you know, they have yeah. their list. Exactly. Like they have a, it's very, I mean, and depending on the church, but it's going to stereotype. It mm-hmm. was strict, strict women can't wear pants. Blah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they have this list of things you can't do. Mm-hmm. Now, usually it's, you can't do it because it's wrong. That's it. <laughs> Don't yeah. question it, whatever. But. Let's stick to the topic of, of drinking. Yeah. In my new church, uh, you know, you get your membership classes, whatever. They tell you when the church started, what our beliefs, yada, yada. And then they go into the subject of drinking and they say, you know, the Bible doesn't say it doesn't, that, that you can't have a drink or yeah, two yeah. or whatever. There's it, no clear it's, statement. It's, it's, exactly. It's talking about getting drunk, getting drunk, and then. Obviously, people use that as an excuse to drink, whatever, because, yeah. oh, it says drunk, but if I drink one or two beers, I'm not drunk, whatever. And their position is, although the Bible doesn't say you can't have a drink or two, it just says don't get drunk. We we promote it as just abstain from it. Because, to avoid the risk. Exactly. Not only to avoid the risk, but we want to, you know, as Christians, we don't want to... Do the bare minimum. Yeah. We want to raise the bar and be exceptional and be... Yeah. Sanctify yourself more and more. Exactly. So, and and that's that's their position is we're, we're raising the level to just abstain from it because that's not going to harm you. It's going to, if anything, it's going to... Enhance you. It's only going to make, you, make better. you better. Exactly. You make your relationship better. So it's not whether it's a sin or not. It's just... 
if if it's if it's not benefiting you in any way, then just leave it and it'll make and, you stronger. And I think also that's that's how how much value you look at your relationship with God. And I think that's where, like, for example, when people say, "Oh, don't listen to worldly music," you know, like, or anything that we they say, like, "Hey, you shouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but this does this, or like, you know, it's not really wrong. And I think once you get into that justifying thing, you're not seeing the value that the the relationship of God gives exactly. you. Exactly. And what what's interesting is in, in today's panel, they actually spoke about the drinking part of it, and there was a verse I can't recall right now, but it says that we're called to, you know, live good, whatever, yada, yada. But the the last part is the, the, the part I want to hit, which it says, and not be controlled by anything. And that's that's the bottom line. Like, sure, if if you can have a drink and not get drunk, then, okay, whatever. It's The point is that don't let anything outside of the Holy Spirit control you. If, and this is how the youth pastor said it today, if after a stressful week you get home and the first thing you turn to is that glass of whatever whiskey or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're laying all your anxieties on that thing. Okay. As an example. Mm-hmm. Versus laying them and and going to God and no, oh, thank you for this week, thank you, yeah, whatever helped me. So that's that's the bottom line of thing is not not being controlled by anything except the Holy Spirit and God. Yeah, it's, it's, I think over time, and I think this new generation uh, uh, is allowing the church to have that nuance mm-hmm. where, like, each person, or depending where you, you could go down a block and find another church that does something completely different or that more suits to you. And it's, it's one of the things where, like, the Bible doesn't have a, a strong line on a lot of things mm-hmm. and allows spiritual discretion or human discretion to be able to identify those laws, which uh, which allows the Bible to be not time-stamped or to be culture-stamped. Exactly. The Bible could be applied no matter what culture, exactly. no matter what time, because and, and it's, it, it's biblical principles, not yeah, exactly. biblical law. And it speaks to, to God himself, right? God is omnipresent, so he's everywhere at the same time, at any time. Exactly. So... That just reflects him, right? Exactly. He's he's in the past, right now, in the future, and in the present, just like his word is, right? It could be, it could be, it, it was applied back then. It's gonna be applied in the future and is applied now. So, yeah. So I I think, yeah. So it's it's interesting, like seeing these shows of like Marvel and all these things, where like, how do we respond to this, and how do we how do we uh, identify what we should watch and not watch? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I mean. Obviously, it changes as um, you become more mature. Like mm-hmm. one of the things, um, like as your wife is um, very engaged with kids, mm-hmm. about the influence of the younger kids watching these shows mm-hmm. because they don't have that fundamental understanding. It's exactly. much more of a concern. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in like if you're twenty years in, and even if you're an older man and you don't have that biblical foundation, exactly. That spiritual maturity is not just of age, but it's also of of relationship, of yeah. relationship with uh-huh, God. Uh-huh. So I think also that changes. Like there's so many layers: your status, your age, your maturity level, spiritually and mentally, just like in a physical sense, changes your 
your discernment or your or you draw the line like but yeah and at the end of the day it all goes down to maturity right because the uh, i think it's paul when he's writing his letters he he's always on top of the churches you know right we do things as children when we were children but now we're called you know yeah he was because he was getting tired of having to say the same thing over don't do this don't do that and and it wasn't it wasn't just because whatever the thing was that it was wrong is because they weren't they were he w- they weren't showing any growth right like i already spoke to you about bl- lust and i keep hearing that you there's people doing un- lustful things like it's a why why haven't you grown right and and jesus did it too right yeah. when when the disciples were there trying to cast the demon out of the boy oh they were there and and the guy comes up to jesus like your disciples couldn't couldn't cast the demon out. And what does Jesus tell them? How long must I be with you? Yeah. Right? He was he was like, you guys can't cast a devil out of, a, of this kid, and you guys are with me 24-7, and you see what I'm doing? Like, how yeah. long do I have to be with you for you guys to, to start? understand that. Exactly. Building your and, and, and that's the thing I've had. I think it was with you, uh, somebody else. I've had conversations of, you know, as Christians, we don't want to offend nobody so we don't talk about these things but there is levels you know uh somebody that just just confessed jesus as their savior yesterday is not going to be a pastor exactly tomorrow you know there's levels you have to you have to grow maturity and and this is this is about that one of the things i say it's like marriage Mm -hmm. and i think it's a a, that's why the bible speaks about so much about marriage Mm -hmm. Being married today, like this, your wedding was today, mm-hmm. versus someone where I've been married for six years, mm-hmm. or if you've been married for 20 years, we're both married. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no married 2.0. Exactly, yeah. But what it allows you to do as you're married for more years, you start learning like the subtle things that, you know, get somebody mad, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the deep thoughts about, you know, same thing with, with spirituality. You accept the Lord today, I accept the Lord 20 years ago, we're both saved. There's no more saved. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all saved. But what it allows you to do is understand the workings of the Lord better. Exactly. Which goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about the Pentecost. We're stuck on um, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, Pentecostal. But Pentecostal is only the second feast of three feasts, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're Pentecostal, but there's still another level beyond Pentecostal, right? Passover, Pentecost, and, and Tabernacles is the next feast. Okay. So we were brought up Pentecostal, and we're stuck on Pentecostal. But Pentecostal. But there's there's another level beyond that. Yeah. It's called Sukkot, Tabernacles. Like, okay, you're Pentecostal, and what, what have you done with... You've been a Pentecostal 20 years, but all you can say is is you're saved and you're sanctified and... Yeah. yeah. And, and the, where's the deepening of the relationship? Exactly. Understanding the, the workings of God. The analogy I heard somebody use is, like, say you walk up to a grown man and you say, hey, what's up? What's going on with your life? And he pulls out a, a baby picture from his wallet. Oh, look. This is me as a baby. You got to think that guy's a psycho, right? Like, yeah. I'm asking you, how are you? What have you been up to? Like, and you're showing me a baby picture. So then going with that, how much, how much responsibility is there of learning a theological level of understanding of the Bible? Where like, is it a, rec- should it, or... requirement probably won't be the right word but do you think it's a responsibility for everyone to have a theological understanding of the bible 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the better term is doxology, right? Because doxology is the we can only know God as much as we worship him, right? So mm -hmm. you can't expect to know if we claim God is omnipresent, omniscient, this amazing thing created the universe and we think just, you know, just saying Jesus is Lord and never going beyond that is what he wants from us. No. Right. Yeah. A, a father has a child. You think all, all the, all the dad wants is for the child to know that's his dad. No. He wants to make memories, spend time, grow and build a relationship. Right. So it's the same thing. We can't, the, the way to know more of God is for God to know more of us. And the only way that happens is with but, a relationship. So there, but I would say there's an academic understanding of the Bible. And then there's a more of a knowing the Bible's like principles and stuff like that. And I think those are two separate things where like, yeah, you, could, like you could have like an academic understanding. Mm -hmm. So my question would be like, how much of an academic understanding do you think is needed? So this goes because. In reality, what Jesus did was unacademic. Like, yeah, he, but that's because he, he already he did it to the common man. Yeah, but that's because first of all, he already knew the academic part of it, and you're speaking of Jews. Jews were already already knew that. Yeah, from when they're from when they're kids, they're reading the Tanakh, yeah. reading the Torah, reading all this stuff. Since School was the Bible, exactly. Yeah, yeah which like, goes back to what we said about culture and, yeah, and the like religion being one, exactly. Yes. So it's the same thing. So it's not for them. It's not a religion. It's just the way of life. So yeah. they know All of it. they have to memorize. If I remember correctly, they have to memorize like the penit the the five first books verbatim. And that's one of their exams is to <laughs> verbatim. So it's it's crazy. The point is that they already knew all this stuff. So what they didn't know was the spiritual meanings and, and the the, the biblical principles. Exactly. Which goes to the early church. The early church, there was two main schools of theology, which was in 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 Antioch and in uh, Alexandria. Yeah. I don't remember which one's which, but the Antioch church, well, one of the churches was in, was mainly the academic, literal interpretation of the Bible. The other one was more the spiritual, pulling out the meaning of stuff, yeah. way of teaching. More systematic, applicable exactly. life. Yeah. So it's not that one is right and one is wrong or one is better than the other. You need them both, but going back to balance, right? You can't just know the literal and understand the literal and apply only literal stuff because, like I said before, if we believe our God is omni omniscient, omnipresent, and we think that it's just the literal and that's it, I read the, I read the Bible, now I know everything about God. You're completely mistaken. God is is beyond any definition we can give him meaning. He's beyond any literal sense we can any academic, literal box academic exactly. academic structure. Any box that we can put him, he's outside of that. Yeah. God is beyond good and bad. God is beyond any definition we can give. Mm -hmm. him. So absolutely. The literal academic understanding of the Bible is very important. Cause that's what like keeps understanding hermeneutics, understanding exactly. theology, understanding wh where our history is, like exactly. actual history of what the new church comes from there. Exactly. The crusades and all this stuff, which is essential to the movement of the church. Exactly. But just like the Jewish people, especially the Pharisees in the time of Jesus, 
just like them, if you only stick to that and only stay on that, you're not going to walk into the fullness that God has for well, us. Jesus says himself, they, they only practice human traditions and don't, mm-hmm. don't exactly. see with their eyes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it's, I mean, I think, so going back to like entertainment and having that like balance where like it becomes part of your lifestyle to have that balance of understanding academic and the biblical principles and making your culture, making the Bible a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's synonymous with everything that you know, like Christianity and culture aren't separate or Christianity and your lifestyle aren't separate. Do you think it's a duty for Christians to create more more Christian entertainment, music, and things like that that would give us no need to go into these things? Or like if we had, let's say, Marvel Cinematic Universe Christian base, like do you think we should... Because str- like, for example, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, or like C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, like these are things that were like forms of imaginary tales to demonstrate the Lord. Do you think we should invest more in those things as Christians? Yeah, absolutely. The The thing that we get confused about when we read the Bible is that we think is our religion, just like Judaism, Muslim, all that. The Christianity is not a religion. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life. Yeah. And that's what we get confused when we read the Gospels. Jesus did not, Jesus didn't preach prosperity. Jesus did not preach healing. Jesus did not preach sacrifice. Jesus did not preach resurrection. He did all those things, right? He prop he he blessed people. He healed people. He resurrected. He died. He did all this stuff, but he didn't preach this stuff. The only thing he preached was kingdom. Now we have to define what a kingdom is. Obviously, this conversation now it's not gonna not gonna go too deep in that. But what is a kingdom? Again, since we're the United States is a democratic democratic republic, so we don't really have this concept of of a monarchy, king, queen. Yeah. Now our our parents and our grandparents that come from the islands, you know, yeah, they they uh, they, uh, they understand colonization more than us because you know they experience that, a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So that's how those the Bahamas, all these people. Yeah. That's what happened, right? The the British came, the French came, the Spanish came, yeah. conquered change the language, all this stuff. So that's what kingdoms do, right? They conquer. How do they conquer? Through culture, right? You can't. And that's why Alexander... Language all... Yeah, Yeah, that's why Alexander the Great was so great because he understood that I can't get the biggest empire just by... Force. By force, by having the strongest army. Not Not only did he have the strongest army, but he incorporated culture into it, right? First, the universal language of the Greek was the universal language at the time. Uh, the Practices. the exactly the the gods, Zeus, all these people. It was all he incorporated military power and culture together. That's why the Romans they weren't dumb. They implemented exactly. Them. Alexander the Great did all this work. We're not gonna tear it down, change the language. They said, forget that. Let's keep the language, keep the gods. They, all they did was change the name of the gods, but it was still the same. Zeus, all this. They kept the culture because Alexander the Great already did have to work. Why, yeah. we're, why are we going to go and switch the culture? Let's just do the military part of it. And so, you know, the kingdom of God is the same thing. It's a kingdom. Kingdoms come to a distant land, 
conquer, change the language, change the food. For example, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, all these island people, what do they eat? Beans and rice, right? They didn't. <laughs> beans and rice weren't wasn't a thing in the islands. Yeah. That was the the Spaniards brought the beans and rice. 300, 400, 500, 600 years later, we're still eating beans and rice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can a, a, a common practice. Exactly. The Bahamian people, the Jamaicans, two, three, four, five hundred years later, they're still speaking English. The other islands are still speaking Spanish. That's not their original languages. Mm, they had Haiti, they speak French or Creole. Exactly. So 500 years later, that, that culture, that stamp, that that footprint is still there, right? Yeah. Even, let's go a little further. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they moved to the United States, New York, anywhere they go. What do they bring with them? They bring the culture, right? You've been in New York 30, 20, 30 years. They're still eating beans and rice. They're still speaking Spanish. They're still, they're in America. They're not eating burgers and hot dogs. They're still yeah. eating beans and rice. So, because the culture made an impression on their cult on in their minds and they Increase still care. Increase the world's view exactly. more code to bring the exactly. all these And things. it doesn't change, right? 20, 30 years later, they're still eating the same thing. They're still wearing the same things, still speaking the same language. Yeah. And that's the same thing. God, all God's, go through the Gospels. It's all, kingdom of God is like this. Kingdom of God, kingdom of God. That's all he was doing. Remember, we're a reflection of God. So what were they doing? Colonizing, conquering. Who's the original colonial power? It's God, right? His invisible kingdom, he colonized earth, he sent, he came over, colonized earth. Now, let's picture that, right? Heaven is Great Britain, let's say. Mm-hmm. Great Britain sends people to the to the, to the the Americas, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they conquer, New they world, colonize. Yeah. Same thing. God created Adam, put him on earth, and what did he say? Conquer, multiply, the yeah. same thing. He's taking his kingdom to this colony called earth. And tell him take over, change the language. So you think is you so coming back. So you think Full it circle. is a, a responsibility for uh, the Christian community to create these entertainment exactly because uh, what is culture? Culture is art, language, yeah. entertainment. The, that's right? the definition of an advanced society. Is when you have exactly what once you're established as an advanced society is or community is when you have. When you have time to do other things than just survival necessities, yeah, like if think, you could just hunt and just hunting yeah. gatherers weren't considered an, an advanced exactly. civilization until they're able to start drawing on the walls, the hieroglyphics, yeah. they're able to create uh, art through rocks and cra- uh, craving, um, like cre- creating all these, yeah, these and have chiefs and kings, yes, and, exactly. That's a representation of an advanced, so 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 do you think the the that's a downfall of, I mean, I, I always believe that. I mean, we do have Christian music, but that's one of the avenues we just embrace due to the fact that it allows us to worship as a method yeah, of worship. Yeah, it's, it's like I was just saying. But Ale- comedy, all these other avenues. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, we like, don't have- like I just mentioned, Alexander the Great. What, think of all the things we still do now that started mainly by the Greek, right? Theater. They had stadiums where they did theater. Yeah which we still do now, right? Movies, plays, all that stuff. That's just theater, right? There's yes. Actors. Yeah. Uh, sports originated in Greek, right? They, yeah. They had the Olympics. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we still do now, we didn't just start it 100 years ago. Yeah. It's the same thing, the same cultural things that they were doing back Principles, then. Principles, yeah. Where we just changed the name, changed 
added stuff to it, but it's still the same thing. Yeah. Because culture is culture regardless, right? Culture is food, language, clothing, mm-hmm. the stuff that's outside of. It defines you. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. and like I said, Jesus, all Jesus did was kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. So, yes. So we're asking you guys to make the next Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> so we'll do uh, a Christian Cinematic Universe, CCU, CCU over here. And at the end of the day, something I learned in 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 one of my classes in when I went to college was there's only a set number of stories in the world. Yeah. There's not, you know, there's coming of age story, which is the main character was hero yeah yeah he he didn't know anything at first and then he passes through something and comes of age and matures then there's uh which obviously we see in the bible as well right mm-hmm. uh samsung was a uh, immature he had this pact with god then he went through this whole thing with delilah losing his eyesight and then he that was his coming of age point, right? When yeah. he, he got his eyes plucked That's, out. I mean, it's archetypes. If you look exactly. At, if you look at myth, uh, like you take a mythology class, they're going to talk about archetypes. Yeah, just like you have the creation story. That yeah. And then you have the the bad villain, like a snake is meant to be a bad or evil. That's exactly. an archetype, or there's an animal that's bad or evil. Yeah, or like a cautionary tale. Oh, don't do this. Yeah. yeah. The person does it. Yeah. Go are, through a hardship. Are, you 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 can find archetypes across the world, but I think that that allows to see a common truth that peop- that there's a god. I think that's a yeah, a and and that's the problem. Most Christians see that and be like, oh, they're just trying to disprove God and just say his stories. No. If anything, it proves God, right? Because no matter what what background, what civilization you come from, what language you speak, we're all created in God's image, right? So we have... Natural desires. Exactly. And those come out in those things. That's why, regardless of what part in the world you are, they, they all had a flood story. Like, they all had a creation story. Why? Because that's part of a, the DNA that God even gave like, us. Even look, even look at it like the sticking with the superheroes if you look at the um uh dc like you have superman which is like kind of that godly figure that that savior of of the people like coming from a different planet so yeah exactly uh spoiler if you didn't know jesus uh (laughs) superman is just jesus like yeah he comes from a different planet or a different place he comes here and, it, and he's a hero. Of, he gives salvation to everybody. He protects everybody. Exactly. It's and just I, a Jesus I'm story. actually talking about that that like common thread no matter the time. I'm reading this book called Meditation by Marcus Aurelius. He's a, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's pretty crazy like reading his like stories and like mm-hmm, philosophy mm-hmm. and understanding of like it's applicable like today. Like we're going through the same like struggles of like where we come from, where do we find like structure, uh, like structure of our lives the desiring to be better like all these things are consistent across the board regardless of technology regardless of no matter science, how advanced we get we still are going to have still fighting ad- with the same stuff, still fighting with the same things just different methods of fighting those things and i think it's 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 a a opportunity if we do think if we do the if we do what the bible really shows us to do it allows us to grow community in such a fast fast pace Mm-hmm. Where we're not only a spiritual religion, where we we speak about this godly unseen thing, mm-hmm. we're not just some academic, uh, theological, uh, 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 presence. We're both, and we're also a community that connects everything together and has nuance and allows you to, to, 
be able to develop and allows you to be able to to truly embrace the utopia that all of us desire to do yeah. all every community every culture everything Has from Valhalla, from vikings yeah. all mm-hmm. these desire a utopia a utopia Scenario. society and the bible allows us to be able to do that and i think it's as the lines get more blurred between what it means uh from what we consume in a more visual um, visual sense, a more audio sense from the music we listen to, mm-hmm. to even the businesses that we work in, our jobs and everything. I think allowing, allowing yourself to focus on traveling allows mm-hmm. you to gain that more physical understanding of the Lord. Being willing to invest in time in the academic sense allows you to be able to have a more practical sense of how to apply your sense. And having that spiritual desire allows you to be able to have discernment to define these things and i think like you said going back to the overall topic we've been talking about knowing where to draw the line of what's Mm -hmm. right and wrong you have to allow yourself to see those three aspects where am i at in a physical sense of status age maturity where i'm at uh in understanding and that's the academic side of like how much i really understand of the bible to be able to have a more practical sense of how to use my discernment Mm because Discernment's only used based off the knowledge you have. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have knowledge, it's hard to decide what's wrong or wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have the, the practical knowledge. So having a physical understanding, having a practical understanding, and having the spiritual desire understanding and mm-hmm. leaning on those things allows you to have that, okay, this is right, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And have as a church, if you're a leader, or have to be willingness to accept the nuance of, of this world. Mm-hmm where some people might think something's much more adamant of this is wrong or more adamant this is right, but it's all about, like you, like your church said, I think that's a great statement, allowing yourself just to be more sanctified and being create opportunities a to have a better relationship. Standard, yeah. yeah, higher standard. Just It's a, a desire we should all have. Um, so in the comments, please write if you agree with us or disagree with us. You'd have to all agree with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And how do you create a discernment to what shows to watch? Like, do you, are you a person that just, I'm not going to watch anything that has anything that's wrong and we should be consistent on that and not just on homosexuality and, and gender issues. We should, mm-hmm. If you're going to state that, you should have it on, on all, on all <laughs> sin. Like, yeah. um, and also, like, how do, you, how do you personally make discernment on those things? Mm-hmm. And if you're a creator post it so we could we could see what type of work that the the body of christ is any final thoughts yeah i mean also if you have any any specific you know ideas or questions on on these things let us know too i mean yeah i mean we're we're not we're not you know we're not here because we're perfect we're not here because we make all the best choices and we don't and we abstain from every quote unquote negative thing there is we don't watch any show you know exactly yeah yeah we're not we're not the 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 we're not superman we're, we're not, not hermits yeah, either yeah, exactly yeah. so you know we watch shows too we watch all this other yeah, stuff we, 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 we like anime i mean so exactly <laughs> so we're not coming from uh oh you guys are if you watch anime or you watch movies you're going to hell yeah you know? exactly we watch this stuff too so it's it's an open discussion open conversation to see what we think about it, you know, open dialogue to see what you guys think as well. So it's at the end of the day, you know, we're all we're all the body of Christ and we all learn from each other and bounce ideas back and forth and see what, you know, 
we don't have all the answers. Nobody does. Only God and its infinite wisdom. So yeah, and so uh, subscribe, rate us, and uh, until next time, be on the four walls. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.